Oh, wig. It's hot local singles. Welcome to Hot Local Singles, the podcast with the most nuanced opinions about pop music and culture. This is Juan, and as always, with me is Josh. Hi, Josh. Hey, this is Josh. Hi. How's life? How was your week? Oh, God. Um, bad. Like, bad week. I Same feel like actually. a lot of people I know had devastatingly depressing weeks. Me, 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 Not me. depressing me, me. weeks, just like depressed weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. Like nothing in particular, just I fucking sucks. We're getting <laughs> deep into the win- into winter, and we're like tired of it. We can't really go on walks anymore. Yeah, well, at least where we live, yeah, Toronto and Montreal. I mean, I've been walking. The sun is a positive, mm-hmm. but I would say I've been leaning on TV more than ever. Same. Like I have, like I haven't really ever been historically into TV that much. Maybe not since like the golden era of TV ten since years ago. Thirty Rock. Basically, yeah. But yeah, you know, I've been watching my shows. What I made I may destroy you, search party. Almost done those finally. And yeah, we today are going to hopefully dig into some nostalgia for you guys too. Mm-hmm. Juan, would you say nostalgia's been helping you this week? Uh cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing seems to be helping my yeah. mood. Yeah. <laughs> um, not really. I've I've had a shitty week too with work, but that aside, mm-hmm. yes, we are start we are dipping a bit back into the late two thousands and exploring some music from then in a new format, a new kind of episode that is gonna hopefully yeah. become recurrent for the whole local singles podcasting universe. <laughs> What's the title of the of the episode? It's called Against with Against. the Z. We are just totally, absolutely inspired by the versus live streams. We can't get enough. Just never kidding, watched never watched it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but conceptually, it seems fun. We do want to absolutely pit musicians against each other, mm. a bit like versus does. So let's do it. We're doing Molly Allen versus Uffy. Yeah, their peak eras, I would argue. For sure. We got all right still in my corner. And in Juan's corner is Sex Dreams and Denim Jeans. But Uffy. So we're not we're not making a decision. We are gonna both debate each camp and let the listener decide which exactly. they prefer. And see it yes, it is an opportunity to do celebrity deathmatch and pit in these two women <laughs> against each other. At the same time, we're trying to uplift them and talk yeah. about why each album is so meaningful and still we think about it to this day. Ultimately, um, yeah, we, we both love music by both artists. Exactly. So That's why we chose them. It's it's basically lose-lose for us, and <laughs> hopefully we will still be friends by the end of this. <laughs> I'm, like, very non-competitive, so I don't think that'll be an issue. But, um, so we're judging, we're judging both albums based of a rubric, an acronym that we made. So four different categories, and we'll do them yeah. in order. The first is sophistication, which refers yeah. to why is it a good album? What about it is well made? Well, what's after that? <laughs> the next one, thank you for cueing me, is like, uniqueness. Is the sound redone, completely new? Who is it referencing? And how does it stand apart from its contemporaries? And what's the third one, Juan? The third one would be confidence, which refers really to the confidence in the vision 
and the and the concepts that are being deployed in the album. So yeah, sort of a bit more conceptual, sort of a bit more relying on what how the artist manages to put a cohesive and interesting point of view into the album. And fourth, karma. This is sort of the cancellation police category. This is where we kind of tally up how the album aged, exact. Um, the kind of societal reaction at large then and now to both the album and the artist, mm-hmm. and also just how it sounds now, quality-wise. I like, how does it stand up? A huge thing, especially because we're like looking back into them. So it's, yeah. it's very important to like contextualize how they were received then versus now. So that'll be a fun category. And for those keeping track at home, that's sophistication, uniqueness, confidence, and karma. So we're going to see which one sucks more. Mm. That's kind of what we're up against today. <laughs> against. Honestly, a disaster. Um, so yeah, whichever sucks more counterintuitively means is better. Uh, but that's the way we do things at Holocal Singles. Everything's upside down, ter- tipsy-turvy. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly gaslighting the listener. <laughs> so we can get into it should we start a bit with like facts about the albums i was just gonna say sex dreams and denim jeans is an album by floridian recording artist (laughs) uffy she very famously moved to france and recorded this album the album came out in 2010 Mm -hmm. um yeah i think that's pretty much it synth pop electronica hip-hop is the genres that Wikipedia tributes to it. Okay, and on the other side of the coin is All Right Still, mm-hmm. the debut studio album by English singer Lily Allen, released on the 13th of July, 2006, by Regal Recordings. Regal. And the Wikipedia genres are <laughs> pop, reggae, and R&B. Interesting. I mean, I guess. I would argue ska is in there, too, yeah, but we can get into that more, later. Um, and yeah, I forgot... Uffy's obviously at Banger Records, and mm-hmm. this is interesting. This is actually like France versus the UK. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so those are the facts. Those <laughs> are the cold hard facts. Cold hard facts. The albums do exist. So let's do sophistication. The S of our suck. The S of our suck. So why is Sex Dreams and Denim Jeans sophisticated? For me, the main thing that makes this album a good album is the production. Mm. period i think that it's an album that is very interesting in terms of production there's a lot of sounds that i don't want to contextualize them too much but i think that the the songs were songs that were like simultaneously embedded in like the scene but sounded very new at the time so i think that like there's obviously specific songs like which are my favorites like ricky or illusion of love that's so good yeah so good our song there's there's just like beautifully produced very lush the sounds are actually not very sophisticated like i wouldn't describe them as that because they are very like homemade sounding if that makes sense hmm. but they're really good at that i feel like the sound of it is sophisticated and that it conjures this like party girl persona because it's like rough around the edges and like very much mm-hmm. what uffy the persona is all about um a bit of a fact it's produced by mr oizo i think it's pronounced Feds, Guazo. Guazo, yeah, whatever. Who was who dated <laughs> who dated Uffy during the production of this album? And didn't know that. Yeah, and he did Ricky, That's our cheap. song, Pop the Glock. So like the main ones. So like the good ones, and I think New New too, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe I forgot about that one. And then Mirwise. Is that Quentin Depieux? De is that Mr. Okay. Guazo? No, I'm talking about Feds now. Feeds. She was dating Feeds. Yeah. 
Okay, Mr. Wazo did some too, but yeah. Anyways, Wazo did like Art of Off, and then Mirwise did. I think my favorite after Bricky is Illusion of Love. I think Illusion of Love is the best produced track on the album. It's like a beautiful beginning to uh, end, like composition. And Mirwise is famous for doing yeah. music by Madonna, and has been yeah. did a lot of Madonna for the two thousands, and did a lot of Madame X as well. That's a good point. That's a great song. Yeah. He also I did, hate the the guy on that. Like, the oh yeah, and he. I, I googled him after. And I was like, he has no career after that. He like, I don't know how that happened. He literally like the only song he has on Genius is this one. He's from the Rapture. Oh really? Which is a band that oh, I vaguely okay yeah picture. That makes sense. Anyways, Mirwais did AD, ADD SUV with Pharrell, and there's a cover of a Susie and the Banshee song. Anyway, so on one side is the production. I think the lyricism, and I think this could be a will be a big, good segue into Billy Allen. The lyricism of the album is, I think, also sophisticated and good. Mm. It will, I will admit, some of the melodies are very clunky. They're very abrasive. Yeah. They don't roll up the tongue. They're not e- nice to sing, which I will give Lily Allen is much better at. Like a song like Smile sounds beautiful, but we'll get to that. Um, beautiful. But Uffy is good at like building a persona. And at the time it was yes. just like a very unique point of view of like a party girl who's very like lazy, doesn't give a fuck. So in a way she's mm-hmm. good at the world building part of the album. And I think that's what's the main attru- like contribution that Uffy does to the album. I yeah. will say that the best thing and the reason why I think it's a sophisticated and a well-made album is the beautiful production throughout. Yeah. Some of her um, auto-tune is really overdone, I found. Yeah, yeah. And like you can only hear about her streams on MySpace so many times too. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny the first time for sure in, um, I don't know, I guess MC's Can Kiss. Yeah. But it do- it is kind of a, re- a repeating trope that she's like lazy and like doesn't really want to be doing this yeah but, like is anyway like, <laughs> <laughs> i was going to bring that up during like the confidence section but yeah it's like a recurring oh, especially sorry, MC, yeah. no, it's okay. mc's can kiss is such a crazy like the messaging of that song is like no one's yeah. saying that. it's like essentially she says something like yeah i don't deserve to be famous yeah i'm a lazy bum but here's, yeah here's what it's, it is it's, it's like unprecedented i think and yeah. like doesn't really have any parallel to this day yeah that's true yeah i uh it is very of the time like lazy hipsters mm-hmm. you know like yeah. that's so dated i know but um yeah it's literally it's in many ways a time capsule so so the album came out in 2010 over it still came out in 2006 if i remember correctly but the thing about Sex Dreams and Denim Dreams is that it was actually started being produced in 2006 and was supposed to drop in 2007. Mm. This was around the time when Cross came out. So it was really at the peak of this like like French electro sound. Uh, I don't know specifically. Or it should have been. Should have been, yeah. I don't know why it was yeah. delayed so much. I I think the refer- like what the critics say is that they attribute it to the fact that she's lazy or the fact that she, within the album, <laughs> is very self-referential. Just like, yes, like... I am bad at this. So like, I think a lot of it was like probably she delayed the album due to like, I don't know, just not being really probably pregnancy. Didn't she get pregnant? Oh, really? I didn't know that part. And also she broke up with the guy, I think throughout this period. So that also would complicate things. Like she broke Mm -hmm. up with the guy who was her main connection to Ed Banger records, who was producing a bunch of her tracks. So yeah, that probably makes a, but the point of bringing that up, the, I think what Josh was trying to get that is that this, the the album came comes out in 2010, but it feels very 2007, and obviously it doesn't seem like yeah. a huge difference today, but it is, I think, a huge difference. Yeah. 
because it was supposed to be to be within this like universe of justice and like whatever whoever was mm-hmm. releasing time music at the time and also something that is brought up over and over and over again in the critic by the critics and reviews in the album is that within that gap a thousand of the imitators sprung up mm. most famously kesha yeah and sort of took the thunder away from her so by the time that sex dreams and then yeah. dreams came out it was no longer like a cool persona because kesha was already doing it with a huge label so yeah that's important to bring yeah up for sure. like cobra snake was on the way out by then yeah, like tea. new rave was over like all <laughs> this all this shit ended between when she got famous and when the album came out. Yeah, because Pop the Glock came out in 2006. It's a huge, a four-year gap between your lead single and your album. That's insane. That's a huge, <laughs> even like, even to today, that's like mm-hmm. historically a huge gap. Lily Allen didn't have that big of a gap. It was mm-hmm. recorded 2004 to 2006. She did become famous on MySpace, just like Uffy did. Right. Like she posted demos on MySpace first. And kind of like worked out the album afterwards. Very interesting. And like in my mind, Lily Allen is the more mainstream of the two. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, it's like a studio, like All Art Still is a studio album in comparison to Uffy, which is honestly like, it's so, it's like a jam session almost. It's mm-hmm. like so kind of raw and like insane mm-hmm. that it feels more indie. But actually, the Lily Allen album was nominated for an alternative music Grammy. Oh, so at the time it was positioned totally differently than like what it what it feels like now. Yeah, which is I think a pop classic album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's hard because it is like the perception of Lily Allen that I have is that even though she makes pop music, she always was like the alt girl of pop. Yeah. You know, she's not a Britney. Yeah, I guess that's no, that's true. I mean, yeah. we can if we're talking about like Uffy's wit, like holy shit. Yeah, that's like, good. Lily's yeah. wit is insane. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's her whole thing, like fucking over the men that have fucked her over and <laughs> rejecting guys at bars. Like that's just two songs, you know, like and there's more. But um yeah, it is all about lyricism on this album, on All Right Still. Mm-hmm. Truly funny moments, truly heartfelt moments on I believe it's called The Littlest Thing or Littlest Things. It feels like a studio album because there are these kind of like big arena moments too, mm-hmm. but most of it is literally ska and like reggae inspired yeah. pop music. I saw somewhere that Lily's vocal style is indebted to Blossom Deary, like that kind of like warbly American jazz okay. sound. And when you listen to it, it's it's kind of insane that she even thought to do this kind of jazz singing over reggae yeah yeah it's like that is kind of truly sophisticated in my mind <laughs> like it's pretty deranged um but i can't say it doesn't work like all you have to do is hear smile yeah and you're like, and you're like okay i'm locked in like this fucking works yeah the production is beautiful mm. pretty much consistently really huge sounding i saw some criticism of it like from the mid-2000s when like the loudness wars i'm doing air quotes were mm-hmm. like a big talking point Apparently it's mixed super loud. I honestly oh, barely hear it. Yeah, I guess they just mean it's like consistently the same volume all the way through, basically. <laughs> like it's not like it's classic rock with like right, huge yeah. buildups and whatever. But anyways, um, I also read that the first album that got criticized for being too loud was Oasis's second album. Oh, true. So I listened to that and it's like Brick screamingly album. loud. Okay. Like it's like you can't really listen to it in headphones because it's just like all guitar you know like Mm -hmm. screaming at you 
It's like garage rock. I don't know. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like people complaining about albums being too loud. It so is. And like, if anything, I hear it more like, so, okay. You know, when you like are hearing music, you know, when you're hearing music <laughs> and I I've always it. hear it in the vocals first, like obviously in rock music, it, it's fine when like the guitar is kind of blown out and like yeah. crunchy sounding, but sometimes like a singer will hit a note and it like kind of crackles. And I hear that on actually Ava Max's newest single, My Head and My Heart. There are moments in that song where she's singing and it's like so pushed up against all the other sounds in that huge sounding song that it kind of like hits the top and like isn't fully clear. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to My Head and My Heart, I think you'll hear it. But um, I barely hear that on All Right Still. But maybe it's like things have just gotten continuously louder ever since. Probably. I mean, yeah, pop music today is like... I mean, you're meant to hear it in your headphones walking down the street. So probably, yes, things are getting louder. Podcast too. <laughs> That's creaming too. So I agree with you that the shining star of Overeat Still is the lyricism, the least very clever. I feel like no one does comedy in music nowadays like that. My favorite, not my favorite, I love the song Alfie, but I will say this, I will drag, Lily, this is the only time I'll drag her. It's very circusy sounding at times. <laughs> Circusy. It's like I'm walking into I'm like tensing Mortimer from Roni and I'm like It's like Calypso. Yeah, I guess you're right, honestly. I mean, I don't know. It's just like associations. It's not really like a fact. I just listened to Alfie yesterday and I think it's really a hilarious song. Um but I was like, this is a bit circusy. But yeah, anyways. So that sophistication, we made our case, you decide which you think wins the sophistication category. Is it Lily's lyricism? Is it Alfie's production? Whatever. The next category is uniqueness, <laughs> which is a bit more self-explanatory. It's like, why is it unique? This one was hard because it sounds unique. I think the production and the sound of it was something that wasn't being done at the time, but at the same time, it was being done at the time by her yeah. like, very close peers. Like, Essentially, it lives squarely within the Ed Banger universe. It sounds a lot like Cross, a bit like it's like the girl version of Cross. So like. A bit less abrasive. Yeah. A bit, yeah. There's no like, there's no like genesis on this album. Nothing's gonna like burst your eardrums. Mm-hmm. But it is within that. So it's I. It's hard to describe it as being a very unique album. I think the sound mm. is very unique. The sound of Ed Banger, and I think that's why it resonated with so many people at the time. Yeah, and Justice was huge at the time. You know, like everyone loved that shit, and even Offy just sounded like something that no one else was doing. Um, and I think a lot of it also, the uniqueness we talked about already is her persona, something that I don't think anyone was doing at the time. Kesha ripped, like Kesha robbed it. It's, a lot of the reviews are funny because a lot of the reviews are like, Kesha is more like the frat boy equivalent of Fuffy, which I do see a mm. bit. I do too, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that that Fuffy persona is, was unique at the time. It aged really quickly though. And something specifically about her and her skills that I found unique is her rapping is really weird. Like, it's, it's white girl rapping, essentially. It's not, even, it's not that it's really weird. It's just like a white girl trying to rap. But I think we actually said this about Uffy in the past with her new singles, is that she never goes Iggy Azalea about it. Yeah, she never, definitely not. Yeah, she never puts on like a black scent when she's rapping. So it, it sounds very much like girl from Florida rapping. Which is she's very, deeply like, white. Yeah, she's deeply white. Like certain lyrics ring so white, <laughs> like like hard R's on everything. <laughs> and like she moved to France. It's like how much whiter can you get? But I think a lot of this like 
rap talking then, which was like by her limitations, then became like a thing for other artists. So That's true. I, I think yeah. in a way it's like unique, but I wouldn't say that the main thing about the album is its uniqueness. I think it's the sound of Ed Banger is unique, but it's hard to argue for the album itself being like unique, unique. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, Kesha stole her vocal style, but I don't think Kesha stole the genre. Like, Kesha's yeah. never done house. The Kesha's never done like, right? like yeah, yeah, like French electronic music. Thank God for that. So for Lily, yeah, why is that album unique? I would love to hear this. I mean, yeah, I don't. It's kind of exactly the same issue, isn't it? Like, yeah. vocal style mashed up with a genre that hasn't been done. Mm-hmm. Like, really, what makes Kesha and, for example, Uffy similar is autotune. Like, being a woman and having autotune on it, like, heavy. So, I've never heard this kind of warbly vocal style over ska before. Or, like, over pop music, even, really. Like, it is... It is unique, ultimately, I would say. Mm -hmm. I can't even really think of her contemporaries. Like, I don't think anyone... Okay, that's not true. Kate Nash is... Yeah, I was going to say, there's one that we've also brought up before in this podcast, yeah. Kate Nash and Lily Allen were, like, kind of pitted against each other a little bit. But I... Like, Kate Nash never really rose to the same level of fame. Because Lily Allen was really all about the tabloids, too. Like, she was, like, heavily kind of surveilled by the UK media. What really helped Lily, too, is that she had two singles of that album that, like, just did so well. Like, Smile and the London one. They were yeah, huge Smile and LDN were um, huge. Mm-hmm. I believe the MySpace ones were LDN and then a one, one called Cheryl Tweedy, oh. now known as just Cheryl. And um, there was one more. Oh, Nan, you're a window shopper. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a 50, 50 cent kind of Weird Al style yeah. parody, which is insane. <laughs> so those were all on, those were on MySpace. And then only some of them made it to the album. But then on the deluxe, they're all there. Oh, okay, okay. It's pretty, like, in some ways, you know, like, it's just a woman doing more black music, you know? Like, <laughs> in some ways, it's it's not unique at all. <laughs> a tradition um, as old as, like, Madonna, all the way to, like, literally so and classical. Yeah. Um, and basically, Uffy is so, that, too. Like, Uffy's rapping. Yeah, she's Uffy's rapping, yeah. shit-talking other rappers yeah. in the same breath, which is fucking bold, frankly. And I mean, yeah, although I think it's true that Lily is the first to combine these particular things. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing new about a white woman like singing over cherry picked black music. Yeah. But I I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think we can both agree that neither, that they're not like Sophie. They're not innovating pioneering (laughs) production giants um but i think they have their own uniqueness in that they're both good at curating like a set of sounds and then combining it with their specific talents and i mean it both albums actually are very indicative of where the people are living yeah like of where the artists are living like one's very french one's very english totally and i think the lily allen's use of reggae and like that kind of music rings authentic to london Regardless. Even I feel like just like the constant use of humor is very British. British. I mean, LDN is all about walking around London and feeling great despite there being like syringes on the ground (laughs) and like (laughs) 
It is yeah. very pretentious. There's a particular line in that that I guess we'll have to examine in the karma category. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> for her. Um, but yeah, that's true. The uniqueness, I think. I but even when you think about it, a lot of like these two women are like when you compare it to people nowadays, they are they are, they do seem really unique. But yeah, anyways. Yeah, let's move on. They do. I, I agree. I hope the listener is getting like is being able to take a side. I don't know if we're being too conciliatory, but whatever. I think the listener already has a favorite. Yeah, the listener went into this with a favorite, so it yeah, doesn't really matter. So we need to work harder <laughs> to change their mind. So let's do confidence. Confidence. This is all about like the vision. Strength and consistency in an album's vision. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk lyrics. Any um any particularly confident moments? So that's all the thing. The thing about Elfie, right, is the lyrics are very self-aware, very self-referential. And then almost too self-referential. I don't mind that. Um, And I I feel like it is defensive at a certain point when you're like, I can't rap. And then you're rapping. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess you're right. Uh, I, I find that it's a bit, it's like very rap, like bragging constantly, but it is true that it's like, I feel like in a way she doesn't, she refers too much to her weaknesses and not enough to her strength. Like in a part, like in an album, in a lyric, she literally says something like, I'm not an artist, I'm not a rapper, but I have dope beats. So it is a bit of a too like self-effacing. But I feel like that in a way is what the vision that she's trying to put forward. It's all this like, like we talked about this a, a bit in the sophistication category. And it is that she is like essentially putting this, forth this version of like a party girl who, is just lucky or like got in with the right people. And what I think is like cool about that is that it's like, it sort of like subverts the tropes of like, of like an artist has to be hardworking and has to be like the best in their field and blah, 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 blah. This is kind of just feels more like a girl, like a random girl making music in a way that feels relatable. Um, But to that point, there's some lyrics that I think are really interesting very much to what you were saying. It's like, um, this is from, Ricky, Mm -hmm. where she says, and I got people working hard just to make it happen. This is how we, this is how we do Uffy. You got the new Uffy and you got the right to complain because I'm fucking lazy. So this is like to her haters, to people who are complaining about how essentially she made it without her, like working hard or whatever she's saying. Like, yeah, you have a right to complain because I am fucking lazy. It's very braggadocio. It's very like, I don't give a fuck what you guys think. Especially Ricky, I think, is a bit more of a confident track. And then she goes mm-hmm. on to say, like, you guys are, <laughs> it's like that meme that it's like, you hate him from a crack screen and an empty stomach. She's like, you guys don't, you guys work on Sundays to eat. Meanwhile, I'm eating like orange juice and I don't know what else. But yeah, I feel like the, I think that this is like, if anything, the strongest suit of Uffy is like when she, that she created a persona and was very able to like bring it forth confidently. And I, and I do agree with you that she can be sort of like dwelling too much in her weaknesses, but I think that's part of this like slack her persona that she's putting on, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's almost like aspirational in how everything's been handed to her. Like that's kind of her angle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Like it's about how she doesn't care. Like not caring is less cool now than it was then. Mm -hmm. But then it was all about like doing nothing. Like, I don't know, going out. Yeah. So like to have these producers at your beck and call was kind of like an iconic statement at the time, but it does kind of come off tragic to me a little bit more than it used to, I think. And this is going to be interesting for the karma category. It comes off tragic given what happened after this album. 
Okay, AKA, I'll bookmark that. Yeah, I'll bookmark it. But another I don't even know what you mean, but let's we'll get into that next. Another cool lyric that I'll just bring up really quick. I mean, if you're looking for this, like the confidence and the vision, I think the vision of this album is distilled in MCs Can Kiss. It's not a great, I actually really like the track, but it's not mm-hmm. musically the best, but lyrically it has most obviously what Uffy's trying to do. And she yeah. sings, um, there's two kinds of MCs out there, the ones who rap and the <laughs> ones who don't care. And frankly, I don't give a fuck. So she's basically saying, I can't yeah. rap and I don't give a fuck. And then she says- You might be dope says, on the mic, <laughs> but the music sucks. Exactly, you might be dope <laughs> on the mic, but your music sucks. Uh, not me, I got dope beats. I'm, I'm an entertainer, not a lyricist. Yeah. So it's this constant, like, yeah, acknowledgement that she's Non-stop. not- Non-stop. In a way, I think it's taking off the taking the baton, and I, I always go back to Madonna because she's like the main. But in a, in a way, Madonna is kind of like the same vibe that Madonna's not Mariah Carey, Madonna's no Whitney Houston, mm. but Madonna's able to create like interesting visuals and personas and like storylines. Mm-hmm. So I think that Uffy in a way is exploiting that trope, but making it her own in a much more like party girl way. Yeah. And I think that's what's like the right, like that's what I think she does her vision or her those concepts she does really well totally um I guess it's my turn right mm. it's Lily's turn I should say yeah it's Lily first strength cohesiveness of vision similarly witty I feel like Lily Allen has longer setups like they aren't really one-liners so much as they are a story mm-hmm. I'm just gonna read these lyrics from Smile whenever you see me you say that you want me back And I tell you, it don't mean Jack. No, it don't mean Jack. I couldn't stop laughing. No, I just couldn't help myself. See, you messed up my mental health. I was quite unwell. (laughs) I remember that. It is such a story. And that music video is um, her finding ways to severely fuck over her boyfriend in like increasingly Mm. shocking ways. Like at the end, the culmination of it all is that she like pays off guys to break into her boyfriend's apartment and like slice up his vinyl records so, like, as the song fades out, he's, like, trying to DJ at a club and, like, just can't. Like, the needle's, like, flying all over the place because there's, like, full knife marks in them. But anyways, in a way, it's a very simple thing to be confident about. Like, men suck, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the tale as old as time. And she does it. She's funny. Like, she's funny. She was funny in this era, at least. Really and that's what we're talking about now. There's another song, also a single, called Knock em Out. And instead of this being about a man she's been with, it's about a man she's trying not to get with in mm. a club. And in this one, she's actually like telling a story about someone else. So here's the lyric. It goes, she looks in her bag, takes out a fag, tries to get away from the guy on a blag, can't find a light, quotes, here, use mine. And then she says, you see, the thing is, I just don't have the time. <laughs> so like she actively needs a lighter. But like getting one from this guy isn't going to be helping her in any way. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like the little moments, right? Yeah, the little yeah. moments of going out, similar party girl energy in a way. In a different way, but yeah. In a different way, because ultimately Lily's kind of only talking about men on this album mm. and like love interests. That's a huge difference. I think Uffy doesn't, apart from our song, there's no love stories. A lot of it is You're right, to it's, her critics. Yeah. I'm going to say this only because I'm supposed to be trying to make Uffy win, but I think that Lily, yeah, Lily's energy is a bit more like stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> is that Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, I love jokes and I actually got into, not a much joke, but uh, a Tumblr like back and forth about 30 Rock versus Girls. In my opinion, 30 Rock is a much more superior show because this place, the writers kills much more. Like it's, there's joke upon joke upon joke. 
I think that mm. what I'm trying to say is like, if I had to defend Uffy versus Lily Allen, I would just say Uffy's a cooler, it's a cooler version of what Lily Allen does. Mm. You know, I think she's cooler, period. I think ultimately they're both hipster archetypes and they're very of their time. They're very mid late 2000s. Yeah, no, Uffy was cooler for sure. Yeah. I mean, Uffy wasn't winning or getting nominated for Grammys. So I think that proves that Uffy was cooler. I think, yeah. 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 Anyways, karma, public persona, assessment of personality, how it aged. Mm -hmm. What do we think for Uffy? Sex dreams dreams and denim jeans. Very interesting story for this one because, as I mentioned, the critic, the Metacritic score for this album is a Good 48. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I think a lot of it is because Tiny Mixtapes gave it a zero. Full oh zero. Oh Lord. Yeah. I didn't know they existed back then. I know. And a lot of the negative reviews were, the Tiny Mixtapes specifically referred to like clunky lyricism or like, and I think I will give them that. I think maybe that's something that Lily Allen is better at. Lily Allen is better at a melody. But all of the reviews, all the ones that I read at least, go back to the delay in the release. It mm. feels like it was so colored by that, like the perception of the album at the time when it came out was so colored by the fact that it seemed aged in reference yeah. to like four years, four years earlier. So when it came out, the album didn't do so well with like critics. I actually mm. don't remember the album when it came out. I only listened to it way after. So I don't know what like the reception was amongst like fags and people who are not music critics probably loved it yeah i would have to probably were tired of waiting for it too yeah that that's true it's like sky ferrera no one's gonna at the end of the day no album is worth more than three uh three years wait and that's just it it could be like fucking i'm trying to think of an amazing like meriwether post pavilion again but if you make me wait four years i'm not gonna like it as much as i would have liked it if it came on time yeah, like music does age. Like yeah, that's, just how it works. that's one of the mediums that ages the quickest. And I guess, at least this is in my milieu of people that I know, faggots of Tumblr and Twitter, there has been a bit of an uffy resurgence, I want to say since she released Drugs in 2018. Yes. And I think there's a lot of revisionism and a lot of like people being like, whoa, actually this album was incredibly cool. This album is like, I think, and I agree, it's like very cool, very well produced. The persona of Uffy was like so interesting in terms of karma and, and like how, I mean, we already talked about Kesha, a lot of people, it influenced a lot of people, I would say, influenced Charlie. I think she like has mm-hmm. explicitly said so. And yeah. Charlie has her in, in a track on Number One Angel. So I think, I think Uffy actually weirdly has had good karma like karma has been on her side the the album actually the album has had karma on its side it Mm -hmm. has like a second life now and i think that it's being seen as like something that shouldn't been shouldn't have been as banned as it was when it came out that being said and this goes back to something i brought up earlier the karma of uffy i think is bad i mean Mm. this is still her only album It's been 10 years now. She released something in 2018 that had like drugs on it and a bunch of little singles that she released around the time, but... Very good too. Yeah, really, really good. But Avi kind of just like disappeared. Yeah. Like Avi disappeared. Like, yeah. And I think, I think a lot of it goes back to what makes the album so good. This attitude of like being lazy and like being like, I don't have any talents probably came back to bite her in the ass. Hmm. After she didn't have the same contact with Ed Banger, it's like, 
okay, yeah. if your whole thing was that you had Ed Banger, then what happens when you break up with his boyfriend and you don't have those producers? That happens to so many people we love, honestly. Mm-hmm. Amazing way, first album, and then it's just yeah. they have to fend for themselves after. In a way, she just undersold herself a bit. I feel like if she hadn't been so, oh, I can't rap out and there's this, maybe there would have been a more more goodwill to work with her in her second album. But I do think that the yeah. karma of Fluffy herself didn't age very well. In terms of cancellation police, it's not that problematic, actually. There's a couple lines. I'm trying to think which ones were the ones that I... No, I can't think of anything, actually, that specifically brings... That really, like, I can recall. There's a lot of anti-weed discourse on it, actually. Which I found insulting. Personally. Oh, really? Yeah, weirdly, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, she's not into weed. But then now she is because she made that song, Weed and Drum Machine. So I guess she started smoking later in life. I think the only thing would be like rapping and being kind of like actively anti rapper. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That okay. happens in MC's Can Kiss. Mm-hmm. And that's that goes back to her anti weed attitude. Okay, that's very true. In the sense of her like obviously taking up this like, rapping like rap picking up rap while hate while having like a lord attitude of like traditional rap sucks because it's all about like superficial Mm. shit and like blah 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 blah. whereas i am like a serious like a more serious rapper and i think that's kind of annoying for sure yeah nowadays that couldn't be done i mean nowadays it's hard to be a white girl rapper you really can't do that um yeah (laughs) (laughs) they have it so hard they They do have it hard Anyways, well, that's a huge part of why Lily Allen struggled, I think, after this album, too. Mm-hmm. Like, separation from her producers, hopes were higher for the second album. Which she did have, though. Let's get her for that. She had a second album, which we can't see for our feet. Well, she's had, like, three since yeah, yeah. All Right Still. Yeah, she does keep releasing. But, like, public opinion of her goes down every time. I would say Jesus was the peak of it when she released that album and that song in which she name drops like a bunch of different female singers. Like she says, Riri, she actually mentions Lord in that song. If you remember, and most of it is positive, but it can be like taken different ways. Like you can look up the lyrics. I don't really feel like talking about that album right now, but ultimately it made her seem anti-rap and Mm -hmm. anti-black and kind of anti-woman as well. So None of that happened really on this like album. white feminist. It is, yeah. It I, remember is. The, I remember the backlash. I think it was a bit exaggerated, but I can definitely see how it would be construed as that. It's annoying when a white girl... It was It was literally one of the first major cancellations totally, I agree. in music culture. She did pioneer that. And she's a pioneer, <laughs> yeah. But no, if we're talking all right still, it's completely fine. And I would argue... All to right. It kind of sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. The fusion of it all is just it's very now mm-hmm. i mean maybe it's not now but like it's good enough that i feel like if i still dj'd i could like mix smile into trick me by Khalees <laughs> fairly easily very particular like, <laughs> yeah someone listening is like okay amazing reference to trick <laughs> me by Khalees famed second single from tasty but yeah no she she like flopped post this album mm-hmm. But she got more famous, I think, because of tabloids, especially in the UK. Yeah, the UK is crazy. And it doesn't sound old. Like, it doesn't sound aged. Like, I I feel like, for example, to tear down Uffy, that Pharrell song sounds like actual trash. Like, like it actually fucking sucks. Like, Pharrell is dated as a man. And that's, I mean, just a sad truth that we have to deal with. That's the thing about working with, like, if you work with Timbaland or Pharrell in the 2000s, 
That shit's gonna yeah. age. It age all of that shit age. So like Timbaland yeah. music aged so much. I get. Yeah. I, guess, I can. I, guess I can respect Timbaland um, sounds. Oh, I respect them for sure. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think. I don't think. All right. Still. I. Th- I honestly think it could be released today. To be honest, I don't think Uffy Sex Dreams and Denim Jeans would hold up. Oh, I disagree fully. Actually, about that, I think that musically. Um, Sex dreams and <laughs> and then <laughs> jeans. It's a hard title. Would be much more exciting today. Like musically, I think it holds up really well. Whereas, I guess Oriental yeah. because Oriental was already so retro. It is harder. It would be harder for it to age. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I don't know. That is what it is. Something about Uffy being a bit more electronic and less organic. I feel like the like. Yeah, I feel like that would age. I feel like 2010s were a lot of like. I'm thinking like PC music specifically, where we were much more like electronic in that way. Um, mm-hmm. I will say though about Lily, my favorite Lily Allen song is actually not an alt right. I keep thinking alt right still. Um, alt right still. <laughs> my favorite Lily Allen song is that cow cowboy song she has on her next album. I believe that's not fair. Yeah, not fair. Not fair is good. Yeah, it's, it's so true. good. Yeah, and the story of that is like she's dating someone that can't fuck her well or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I mean, she kept pumping out hits for a few more years, for sure. The one lyric that I wanted to bring up, I mean, it's like, it's nothing. But the, this is in terms of, like, for problematicness. It's um, an LDN. A fella looking, a fella looking dapper. Da, 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 and I see, all I see is a pimp and his crack whore. That part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I only realized because it's censored in the YouTube video. I was watching it yesterday. Yes, it's terribly censored. It yeah. like does that record reversing sound effect yeah, for every yeah, single thing. So also, an Alfie T, like the word THC is reversed in a horrible oh, way really? to censor it too. So dramatic. Like that's something that's culturally a change yeah. for sure. Like that would never be censored now. Both of our queens, both Lily and Alfie, flop karmically. In the visual category. I don't know if that's true or if they just haven't been re-uploaded in HD yet. Because be I watched it. a fucking Lily video that was 144p officially <laughs> uploaded. Like, they're not that fucking old. Did you watch the music video for Alfie? That was trash. That's so ugly. It's like Muppet. No, it's really ugly. Yeah. It's like um, a cross between Muppets and like Pleasantville or something. But then I watched the um, music video for Difficult by Alfie. Mm-hmm. And it's just her like walking down a hall and like keeps coming over and over. Very Kylie Minogue coming to my world. And to me, that's also just like, no, it didn't age well. Wait, sorry, which video? Difficult. Okay, difficult. I remember. It's like the school hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, yeah. I thought it was a hospital. I'm actually. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, it is a school. It is a school, yeah. It's so blurry. Who could, t- who could yeah, ever exactly, know? Exactly. Yeah. But like, I. I was shocked at how I knew every lyric of difficult Crazy. still when I when I listened to that. I think some of the samples on, for example, MCs Can Kiss and Difficult are a little heavy-handed for the current era. Mm-hmm. They're a little repetitive, I think. But, I mean, I guess I'm just saying I don't like the songs as much as I used to, which is, like, not a surprise. But, yeah. You know, things age. It happens. Yeah. But none of them, neither of these queens have really been canceled. I mean, Lily Allen, 2014, no. but she's back. I never listened to her 2018 album, though. I didn't either. I heard I a few know. songs. Trigger Bang was on Radio 1 a lot. But, I i mean, she's not canceled forever, no. She'll no, be back, I think. She'll come back. But, but I think she got lucky that that was such an early cancellation of She's This. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not forgotten. Like, people who pay attention remember that. Mm-hmm. 
and talk about it on podcasts, but <laughs> general public like doesn't really care, you know? Yeah, no one gives a fuck about I that. I mean, that's any cancellation, really, at yeah. a certain point. I, and also, just no, there were people less people paying attention at the time. Definitely. Also, less people had bought in had bought into like a, like the politics of cancellation, so less people were willing yeah. to cancel her. But if it happened mm-hmm. today, yeah, I mean, what she said is worse than what I don't know. Alison Roman said, and Alison Roman got fired from whatever. So yeah, I but yeah. So I think that's it. I after revisiting both albums. Okay, no, we're not supposed to say our verdict. Never mind. Who sucks more? <laughs> Who quote sucks more? They both suck equally in a way. Like there were yeah. even more parallels than I realized. I think yeah. Going into this, this is a little meta commentary for the listener. Going into this, I, I was a bit worried that there were like a an off pairing because at first, when you first hear Afi and Lily Allen, they sound a bit like Lily Allen is too analog, too rock. Yeah, too Afi's like electronic. Yeah, they they seem totally different until yeah. you remember the MySpace come up, exactly. which I guess is just of the era. The historical background of like hipster dumb. They're just like different yes. iterations of the same girl, essentially. And ultimately they're both releasing like very rich, bassy, mm-hmm. danceable music. That's like, true. And they're both funny, which I think is a thing that has gone away from pop music. Like who's making comedy songs nowadays? Like literally no one. Maybe Mickey and Cardi yeah. B, but like I mentioned for example, as like an example of a current song, My Head and My Heart, Ava Max. First of all, no one's ever heard a single lyric in that song. No. <laughs> <laughs> like no one knows what she's saying. And I know for a fact it's not funny. Yeah. No. So. No, literally, I'm trying to think who makes. No, no one. The girls like, who not... quips. Like who's witty. Yeah, no. There's got to be someone. Let me think. Gaga's not funny anymore. Gaga's the opposite of funny. Gaga might have been funny with Art Pop, but she. Might have. Ever since she became adult contemporary, she forgot about jokes. Lana's the opposite of funny. Yeah. Who else makes music? Katie. Katie tries to be funny, but it never flops. That's true. Yeah, it always flops. I mean, mean, Katie, in a way, is like the Lily Allen print. And we mentioned this in an episode. Yes. And Cancellation Police, even. Yeah, because Katy Perry came up very much copying with Lily Allen. That's interesting. That Hmm. Like Lily Allen birthed Katie and Uffy birthed Kesha. In a way, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're so right. That's their influence in the 2010s because those were those two were huge artists in the 2010s, especially especially Katie. Comedy's that in pop music. That's a good point that we made tonight. You think it'd be a better time than ever to yeah inject some levity for once? But... Yeah, because whoever tries to do comedy is like, did you have you guys noticed that Trump the the, the color of Trump's <laughs> skin reminds me of Cheetos? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> no, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like ever since 2016, like all jokes have to be at the expense of Trump. And we've heard them all. We've heard every single joke you have to make about Trump. So comedy's then. I think it, it it's alive in rap. Uh, Nikki and Cardi are constantly mm-hmm. making jokes. But yeah, in pop, it's not there. It makes me nostalgic, like what you said at the beginning. It makes me miss this time in culture when... Really, two artists with very particular visions could come forth, and they didn't have to be completely responding to the culture around them. Mm. That's that on those two classic albums. I thought it was going to be an uneven fight, but it's pretty even. You listener, decide. Let us know. Comment below. Join the Discord. Let us know what you think, which sucked more. Which album sucks more. (laughs) And tell us who we should um, compare next. 
Um, wait, against, before yeah. we, we finish talking about the albums, I think it could be fun for maybe people who are not so familiar. If you listed like three songs that they could like delve into the album with, like each album. Sure. Our um, top three from yeah, each. Top three from each. For me, Ricky, absolutely. You have to listen to the song. It's also the best lyricism. Sorry, yeah. I shouldn't go off so much, but there's a, I forgot to mention that really cool part in, in Ricky where she's like, with the sharks, with the sharks, with the sharks. Like she rhymes the same word over and over. And that's really cool. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Ricky, Illusion of Love. And I want to say our song would be great ways to get into. Pop the Glock is a classic single, but I don't think it's as good. It's not as good, right? Yeah, I agree, actually. For me, it's got to be Smile, Knock Em Out, and Littlest Things. Mm. Oof, those are good, though. That's that's that, yeah. I love Knock um, Littlest Things. Littlest Things is not comedy. Mm. It's actually probably the most earnest moment. Um, it's about her remembering the seemingly insignificant moments of her last relationship in a like surprisingly convincing way, considering what precedes it on the album. Like there's a song called Not Big. Mm. And like you know what that's about. <laughs> I wonder. And <laughs> her excess ego. And it's nice to be convinced of her actually feeling things after mm-hmm. so much kind of emotional distancing. Yeah, you know, it's just, it makes the whole thing better when there's contrast, obviously. It's so. good balance for sure. Yeah. You don't want the whole thing to just be jokey, jokey. Yeah. This is not Jerry Seinfeld. Not say like the Afi album. Not at all. <laughs> Afi has so many moments of vulnerability as such as when she covers, <laughs> when she covers the shit. <laughs> All right, listener, thanks for listening and hanging. Your choice is between circus music and good music, so... No, I'm just That's kidding. right, yeah. <laughs> Girlies and gays, come talk. Mm. Okay, join our Discord. Very low stakes. You can talk whenever you want. Yeah, and we'll be back soon, obviously. So yeah, that was fun. That was the first episode of Against. Against. I don't think we said the word against more than <laughs> once, but we'll work yeah, on that. We didn't, yeah, we have to do better. Um, and yeah, let us know what you want us to compare next. Yeah, we'll see you soon. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.